0: I'll say bless the Lord if you'll say oh my soul bless the Lord bless his holy name good evening Kairos I'm Chris I'm the pastor here uh, we're in the middle of a series called returning thanks and thank you guys for the whiteboard we're gonna get prophet Sorrel up in here so I wear my card again and have my glasses um, yeah There's a Kurdish proverb that says this, empty words do not fill a man's stomach. And so I wanna fight back the temptation to fill up this air in this space with empty words, because I know that some of you came in here with real hunger pains tonight. And I'm hungry for God to speak directly to us from his word. And so tonight, we're just gonna jump right in, we're gonna dissect this passage, and then I'm gonna give you a heads up. This is a big turn signal, okay? When we're done, I'm going to invite you to come forward and receive prayer. And the prayer team and the Kairos team is going to be lined up here. And our offer is this. We will lay hands on you and pray that you will experience God with power, the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. Because there's some things that can't be learned. They can only be received. And so if you're in a place where you're brave enough and bold enough just to risk it and go for it, um, I'm going to give you 15 minutes head start because that's where we're headed. So I don't want that to come to us as a shock or a surprise, but as we open up God's Word and we dissect this passage, if the Holy Spirit just starts pounding on your heart and your feet are moving, that's what we're here for. I don't make any promises other than we will be obedient, and we will expect God to do great things. Prayer is our primary strategy, and that's where we're headed tonight. So we're in First Thessalonians. Again, we've been reading through uh, chapter 1. If you want to turn there, that's great. If you want to bring it up on your device, I'm just going to read uh, some of the verses that was read before. But before that, I'd love uh, for us to pray together. If you would, just take a minute and ask the Father to increase your capacity to receive tonight. You would take a minute and pray for the person on either side of you. That they would have an experience of God tonight that they'll spend the next 10 years explaining. I love hearing little kids voices maybe just ask that you would cry out like that for your heavenly father tonight if you would take a minute and pray for me please that I would be able to speak God's words with power and authority and that pride and fear would be removed from me Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. And God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. I always thank God for all of you. You're so spiritual, Paul. Mentioning you in our prayers, that we continually remember you before God the Father for your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and in your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that He has chosen you. Here it comes. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. So here's what has been wrecking me in these couple verses. First of all, he's got that great phrase that's kind kind of used as a cipher or a lens that we're going to look through the whole book of Thessalonians through. So he says you need to work by faith. I just almost misspelled faith. I did. (laughs) Labor by love. And endure by hope. I don't know about you, but that perfectly describes the Christian journey for me. We work by faith, we jump out, we're ready, we're partnering with God, here we go. Oh my gosh, I have to labor by love to continue with this, and the people who are around me, and the people you've called me to, and then just as I'm ready to give up, I learn how to endure by hope. I fix my eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, and I understand that hardship, persecution, and suffering produce character, endurance, and steadfastness, and a hope that does not disappoint. But tonight, I want us to anchor in this, work by faith. How many of you uh, moved to Nashville or came back to Nashville in faith that you would have work to do? How many of you right now, your faith is wavering that there will ever be consistent work for you to find? How many of you right now need faith just to wake up again tomorrow morning and do the work that you already have in front of you? How many of you woke up on Monday like me and it was raining and you're like, I would love to sleep in. This is perfect sleep in weather. And then it happened again today. (laughs) And it's only Tuesday. (laughs) Why do we have such a hard time working by faith? Is anybody in here weary from working by faith? You just like to work. It shouldn't require that much faith, should it? And I mean, whether it's school, it's a job, or being an incredible active member and volunteer and participant and disciple maker in your church. It seems like, yeah, the work starts out by faith and it's great, but then all of a sudden we kind of get weary. Anybody hitting the two-month mark in a new church and you're like, hmm, this isn't as fun, as exciting as it was, like asking me to do stuff and stuff. Why are, we, why are we so weary by working by faith? I, I would submit to you a, a couple of things. Let me help see if I can diagnose uh, the spiritual condition. The first is we have a poor theology of work. Genesis chapter one, before the fall, we were designed for work. He said, uh, be fruitful and multiply and then go, hey, subdue the earth. There's work for you to do. There's things for you to name. There's organization for you to bring. I've created you in my image and there is work for you to do and work can be an act of worship not something you do before you go to worship. And then the Bible tells us later in the New Testament, hey, do your work to God, not as to your human masters. And some of you have some of the worst bosses and worst working conditions or worst classroom conditions, and you need to know tomorrow when you wake up, it will be an act of worship, the way you conduct yourself in the midst of that. And maybe the other f- side of that coin is maybe we're weary of working by faith is because we know, have no idea how to rest by faith. But that's, we have a Sabbath series on that. You can refer to that. Um, the other thing is, I, uh, I think we get weary of working by faith is because our primary motivation for our work is worry. That this adrenaline is fueled by anxiety and fear. And so all the work that we're doing, the endless hustle, the overachieving and the overstimulation is all fueled out of this fear and anxiety. The Bible says, how long will you continue to eat the anxious bread of toil? And when we start to eat the anxious bread of toil, it makes us weary in our faith that it's actually going to do anything or accomplish anything, or if God is actually going to wake up before us tomorrow morning and have manna on the ground for us that will sustain us and supply our every need. Maybe one of the reasons that we're weary of working by faith is simply that our faith and the gospel, it's just words. There's no real power or conviction or presence of the Holy Spirit behind it. A gospel, when push comes to shove, it's just simply words. It's religion, it's not relationship and responsibility. It's discipline, there's no delight, no joy. It's cultural, because that's what everybody does, but the second my convenience is sacrificed, I have zero conviction to do what God says to do. Maybe that's some of the reasons that we're weary of working by faith. But I think if we go just a couple more verses, there's a solution for that. And Paul says to the Thessalonians, the gospel came to you not simply in words, but in power the Holy Spirit, and a deep conviction. And before I get there, I need to say this. We do use words. I have actually preached sermons before based off of the saying attributed to St. Francis Assisi. Go into the world and preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Why? Because that's an overcorrection based off of people who just want to talk to people and not really meet any of their physical needs that you think you can just kind of do drive-by evangelistic assaultings and then take off and not care about the people or the discipleship responsibilities that come along to that. Problems with that, one is St. Francis C.C. never said it. Matter of fact, he preached five times a day and was a gifted preacher. Um, The second problem with that is the gospel has to be proclaimed in word, that that is not an excuse to get us out of speaking that which we believe. Just because I'm intimidated or fearful of rejection does not mean I can only be silent in deeds and not vocal in words. Okay, is that fair? Second thing then is he says, the gospel came to the Thessalonians, right? That they were changed, that God loved them and chose them because the gospel didn't simply come in words, but it came in power. It came in the Holy Spirit, And it came with deep conviction. Here's my question for you tonight. What's lacking in your faith? Because this is what I'm gonna pray and lay hands on you and ask Jesus for. Do you need power? Do you need the Holy Spirit? Or do you need deep conviction? When there's power, there's, there's an energy and there's an engagement and there's an enthusiasm about God is step forward and I'm just trying to keep up with him. Jesus, you've gone before me and made a way and there's a work by faith that you're calling me to and I have no earthly idea about how it's going to happen and I'm not really sure you picked the right person, but I'm in. But I need power and here's what I've noticed most in my life. Most of the power that's usually released in my life has come from the places where I've been powerless and God's power has transformed me. And I have been seeing the Lord in my weaknesses make me strong. And so, do you need power tonight? Or do you need the Holy Spirit? Do you need to realize that there's a third person in the Trinity? And his job is to lead you into all truth. His job is to comfort and convict. His job is to be in a constant conversation with you and with God. The who, the what, the where, the when, and the how. What do I say? What do I not say? What questions should I ask? How should I serve? Should I be able to connect to the Holy Spirit the same way that Jesus did and say, I only can do what I see the Father doing? And I have this deep compression within me because I'm word fed, and then I can become spirit led. And all of a sudden, I have this spiritual awareness and radar that starts to increase. And the look on my coworker's face makes me stop and say, Are you okay? Or a comment they make, you say, can I ask you a little bit more about that? Or then you stop and you start praying with someone and the Holy Spirit begins to show himself in power through the way that you pray. And shows up in when you're reading God's word and th- words are jumping off of the page. Or do you need deep conviction? I love the way the message says this. It puts steel in our convictions. Do you need to know that what you believe about God is true and what he's called you to is true. Hebrews says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. Romans goes on to tell us that faith comes by hearing the word of God, the words of Jesus. And somehow that should produce a deep conviction in how we live and why we live the way that we live because God has designed us to flourish. Most of these deep convictions in your life usually come when God releases power, guide you by the Holy Spirit through testing and temptation to come out on the other side and go, regardless of what I see or hear right now my current circumstances, this is what I believe to be true about God. In chapter one, this is anchored in the second coming of Christ, that we know God is going to come back and make all things new but it's also anchored in his present reality saying, we wanna be the type of people that can pray and practice your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which one do you need? I would say, if it's power, you need the word of God or the words of Jesus. So again, faith comes from hearing. And we need power from those words to animate us to life. The Holy Spirit These are the ways of Jesus. If you look at Jesus uh, throughout the Gospels, he's got this incredible practices that he does, right? He gets away with his father, he huddles up in discipleship, and then he goes out on mission. And have you ever, we've talked about this before, like Jesus has some encounter with people, and you're like, how do you say the things you say and get away with it? How does he know how to appropriately calibrate invitation and challenge to people? In such a way that the woman at the well hears her deepest, darkest sin called out and she becomes his first evangelist. How does he say to Peter, I'm gonna build the church on you, and in the next verse say, Get behind me, Satan? How do we have courageous, confrontational conversations that are built on relationship and reliability? Is there a qualitative difference about the words that are coming out of our mouth because of the actions that are coming out of our lives? That's following the Holy Spirit. I want to do ministry in the way that you did it. Uh, Why is it, Jesus, that you pray with power and authority and demons know your name and scatter when you come? And then I think deep conviction is the works of Jesus. Men and women, this is the toughest thing for me. Sometimes that deep conviction only comes when you begin to do the work, not before it the only way we're able to do this is because Jesus has gone before us, he's made a way, his cross empowers us to do this. But we do this a lot. We, we take 120 seconds usually at the end of a service and I ask you, what had your name on it tonight? What does God want to say to you? Now here's what I, I probably should, that should probably come with a warning label because um, I was reading it this week. Usually when God says something to you, immediately you'll be tested and tempted in that area. So that, uh, that's not, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Jesus is baptized by his cousin. And he hears, this is my son in who I'm well pleased. Hot dog, heard straight from God, spoken into his identity. What's the next thing that happens? The Holy Spirit drives him out into the desert to be tested and tempted. Immediately, he's being tested On, are you really God's son in whom he's well pleased? Then he comes out of the desert after surviving, testing, and temptation, and thriving. And what does scripture say? He's full of power and the Holy Spirit. And everywhere he went, he proclaimed the gospel in word and deed. I don't know about you, but I want more of that in my life. I want less empty words. I want words that carry weight and conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit to speak what is true, not only about myself, but what about God says about you and what's going on right now in your life. What are you missing? What's missing? Do you need power? Do you need the presence of the Holy Spirit? Do you need deep conviction? Steal in your convictions so that you can work by faith labor by love, and endure by hope. Because here's what happens in 1 Thessalonians 3, 8. Paul says this, now we really live because you are standing firm in the Lord. I want us to really live in this room, and I want us to stand firm with power, with the Holy Spirit, with a deep conviction, so that God will trust us with a work by faith because we labor by love and we endure by hope. So, my question for you tonight is which one do you need? What do you just need to receive? What do you need someone else to lay a hand on your shoulder and say, I want to pray that you will receive? Power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in a way that you are more aware and more attuned with Him than you ever have been, or deep conviction to do the works of Jesus.